0: We don't follow our hearts. We guard our hearts. We follow the spirit of Christ. Hey friends, this is the Next Level Glam podcast and I'm Glam Gal. Thank you for joining me as I discuss all things transformation inside and out with my sisters in Christ. Pull up a chair. It's about to go next level. Love and peace to all my beautiful sisters in Christ out there. Thank you for tuning in to what I hope is a great episode on how to spot the difference between real love and the sham that the world sells it as, as well as why we need a secure understanding from scripture about it so that we can grow our faith and see how it can affect our loved ones, ourselves, and random strangers that encounter your path. How many times have you heard the phrase, follow your heart? I swear it's in like every Disney movie. I even hear, listen to your heart coming in my head right now you guys remember that song from like the early 2000s i think not to age myself don't worry i'm not going to quit my day job and start singing all right but you get my point it sounds like something good right sounds like solid advice is that really what we're supposed to reference when we're trying to find our way what does god say about the heart genesis 8:21 says for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth jeremiah 17:9 also says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It actually makes me think of the movie Titanic when the old lady says that a woman's heart is a deep ocean of secrets. It can be hard sometimes being introspective and realizing that we all at one time had a serious bad heart condition. We've treated people poorly. We've laughed at them. We've judged them all for our own reasons. Proverbs twenty-one two says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. We start with our own viewpoint of the world, our own definitions of love. With some contributing factors, such as the environments that we were raised in and experience that we lived through over the years, it gave us our own interesting perspectives on what love was or meant or means or is base point is we all have our own intentions and motivations. So if the heart is wicked, how can we love? We love when we have the seed of Christ within us that only comes by believing the true gospel, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection for salvation alone. Ezekiel 11 9 says, and I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within you and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh. The minute that we put our faith and trust in that very simple gospel, God's plan for salvation, our new spirit is reborn. And that spirit is the seed of Christ. That is the new heart. You know, they refer to people with a stony heart as people who are like stiff-necked religious people, people who haven't submitted themselves to the righteousness of God and go about to establish their own righteousness. That hardened heart of stone, and it hasn't it hasn't been circumcised into a heart of flesh. Romans chapter 2 verses 29 says, circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. That whole process is symbolic to that process that God does with our heart once we believe. So we know that of ourselves, our heart is like really no place to talk, nothing to trust there it's a vast realm of emotions full of our own vain conceits and thoughts where we devise wicked plans it's not difficult to get caught up in our emotions in our feelings in our truth instead of in the truth we go through things where we realize that we're not loving the way that god wants us to we're not letting that spirit flow because our heart condition is getting in the way it's like putting a kink in the hose so as an example i have been with my husband for quite a long time there have been a lot of hills and valleys in this relationship and i can look back and see before i was living in the truth and was aware and conscious and able to walk in the spirit because i finally had that reborn spirit to do so i can see a huge change in the way that we love each other Because before I was saved, I put a lot of stock on my feelings, putting a lot of pressure on him making me happy versus realizing, number one, that happiness is a fleeting emotion, but also that my happiness is also my problem. Over the years, there can be issues that arise that can build like resentment and like it starts dictating how you treat one another. And when I got saved and I got into it, I realized that we're supposed to love each other like Christ it's a very selfless kind of love whenever we get to a a bad point in our relationship we're able to come together because we both have that seed of christ in us we both realize that we both fall short it's like those who have been forgiven much love much And keeping that at the center of our marriage, realizing that we are going to mess up, that we are going to let each other down. But in faith, we realize that we're doing the best we can to grow that seed of Christ so that it overcomes our flesh when we're encountering, you know, a situation where we're just not getting along or things are feeling lackluster or someone, you know, is being more selfish in the relationship to be able to extend them grace because we have received that grace. If I wouldn't have come to the truth, I don't know how much longer we could have lasted because if I would have continued not letting him work on things in me or never had started working on certain things, you know, I wouldn't have blamed him for not really wanting to be around me. And, you know, both ways takes two to tango. I'm just, I'm very appreciative that we both came out of confusion together and got on that same firm foundation and decided to start building on it the way that God asks us to build on it. And it's not an overnight thing. It's, you know, situation by situation, opportunity by opportunity, choosing to go the way that, God asks us to versus what my heart feels like and yeah sometimes I fail but like I said from looking back to where we were to where we are there's undeniable proof that God is working in us and also our marriage Proverbs 4 20 to 23 says my son attend to my words incline thine ear unto my sayings let them not depart from thine eyes keep them in the midst of thine heart For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You know, the first part of that scripture really reminds me to incline our ear. It's taking action to hear God intentionally, keeping our eye fixated on his word and his word anchored in our hearts. that's there we don't have all that outside noise of our own fleshly heart getting in the way and the latter part of that scripture shares that that focus is keeping our heart content in check many translations say and a lot of people say guard your heart like what are we dwelling on we want to promote like a philippians 4 8 kind of thinking finally brethren Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. A lot of people think on the surface level that when people say guard your heart, it's to put up a boundary to keep people out or people's opinions or accusations or anything that's encroaching on your peace kind of a deal. And to some extent, that can be true, guarding our heart from what we take in. But I kind of believe it's mostly the opposite. Sometimes I look at it like putting up a fence around my heart to stop the wickedness that can fester there from spilling out, whether it's in thought, word, or deed. It can cause heartbreak and strife sadness madness use your imagination i think we've all been there when the heart condition takes us for a ride whenever you're encountering those situations where your brain or your mind or your heart like is seriously dwelling on something that's bringing you grief and strife it is making the decision to redirect to think on those good things it's a it's a practice that takes time and again intention to do. If you keep ignoring those opportunities to work on that issue, it's never going to change. You're just going to keep finding yourself in the spiral. And a great way to combat this issue is filling your head with scripture, like the one I mentioned from Philippians. What made me want to do this episode today was the fact that we're in February now, and the world is full of talk of pink and hearts and sweets and love. I am an unabashed Valentine's gal. Yes, I'm awake to the fact that Valentine's Day is a mostly Hallmark commercial holiday. And if you wanna go back in history, it's actually kind of a violent thing, but that's not what I use it for. So I don't don't put myself in condemnation about it. I just have freedom to enjoy uh, life. And uh, I don't like to overthink too much. People can really suck the fun out of life. And by people, I mean, a lot of people professing to be Christians. Anyway, I like to partake in a sweet treat and, you know, dazzle with a cute little festive getup. This time of year does make me stop and think about what, what the world likes to imply about love and just how off base it is. It made me just think about the heart and about that love that we assume everyone has stored in there. We already figured out that what God says about the heart is that it really is wicked who can know it And we talked about how we can only love by having the seed of Christ. But once you have the seed of Christ, we still need to learn about, like, what is love? So let's go back again and see what God's definition of love is. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, my version from the King James Version says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. If you have a different translation and the more popular version of that is the verse where it says love is patient love is kind either translation is great but go back to the very first word in my translation which is charity the greek word there that's used is agape unconditional sacrificial love and it can be hard to have a good understanding about that because our flesh is so limiting it doesn't come naturally In general, like we were talking about, people with that stony heart still, they really have that viewpoint of an eye for an eye and how they use it to handle the injustices that come their way. And if you're someone like me, that you grew up with conditional love masquerading as unconditional love, it can be a battle to rest in the fact that there truly is no cutoff for God's grace. Everybody likes to put God's grace in a box. In the Bible, Paul was explaining to people that For where sin abounds, grace abounds more. I think the Greek word is huperperizio, which means super abounding. And that's when we have the seed of Christ. That's when we're able to produce that super unconditional agape love for ourselves, for others, you name it. So many people in marriages today or relationships today don't make it because they don't have that joint understanding that you've been forgiven much and we need to love one another. No one is better than another. And if you start living like that, it breeds resentment. If you're living like, you know, he did this today, he did that, so I'm going to do that, and he said that, so I'm going to say that instead of just being like, I have the power to finally zip the lip. I can be the one to lead the way and love like Christ so that they can see that difference in me and that they they see that they can love like Christ. If God can change you from the inside out. It's only when we step outside that heart condition and our feelings and into truth that we have been saved by grace through faith that we can remember who we are that we do have a supernatural source of grace to give others because it was given to us. We have to release that kink in the hose, our perspective, that love. is not about what somebody else does for us or how somebody else makes us feel. God is love. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God so it begs the question before we had that revelation of the truth could we ever really know what true love is i don't think so i think what i was parading around as before i had the full truth sunk into myself that it was very shallow and surface level and self-seeking just being honest here you know we love him because he first loved us we had to experience his love first and receive that love first before we're even able to give love to others There was a noticeable difference when I stopped waiting to feel love or feel like giving love and decided to put my charity on, to rise above and be kind, despite how my flesh was feeling about how they deserve to be treated. We don't follow our hearts. We guard our hearts. We're diligent about it. We follow the spirit of Christ. That's our compass to direct how we treat ourselves, how we love others in this life. Let's learn to recognize the difference between what real love looks like and what our feelings tell us, what the world tells us. Put on your charity, just like you put on the helmet of salvation and remind yourself of who you are in Christ. We're physically seeing it put on ourselves, that we have this supernatural power to give it because that charity comes from the Lord. Start showing those qualities that the word talks about in 1 Corinthians. Love one another. Start training yourself to redirect the thoughts of your heart onto Philippians 4, 8 kind of thinking. Romans 5, 8 says, God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even when we didn't deserve it, even when we were lost in our sins and wanted nothing to do with him, he commanded his love towards us. I can't think of a better reason to have a love-filled Valentine's Day, no matter what your situation is. I think that's always a great reminder because we can get really lost on what love looks like in our lives and it reminds us that God's love is what love is and it's not what the world tells us. It's not what's on TV or in that show or in that movie. It's not in receiving gifts or giving gifts. It's all about receiving his love and sharing his love and not what pours out of our natural state as love. So today I'd like to ask you, have you allowed yourself to receive that love? from God. How do you struggle with showing people love in your life? Thank you for joining me on this episode, sisters. It blessed me so much. If it blessed you, would you please share it with somebody who needs to hear it? I hope to see you next time here on the Next Level Glam podcast. And until then, guys, Rowan is Grace.